Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast. Thank you so much for checking out another brand new episode. Today's features Andy Ross. Uh, Andy is a singer-songwriter, musician, uh, entrepreneur, TV show host. The guy does it all. And uh, talks a lot about uh, his story and uh, some of the songs, the stories behind the songs. And we had a great time hanging out. So hope you enjoy this one. I do want to remind you, as always, Rock Paper Podcast is brought to you by Friendship Brewing Company in Wentzville, Missouri. Serving up all your craft beer needs. Over 25 rotating taps over there. Come by and try some of their delicious beverages. Uh, they still got some time to check out the seasonal beers they got happening. Uh, there's, You can get them in uh, flights or in a four-pack sampler. There's like a turkey uh, or Thanksgiving-themed stuff like a pecan-flavored, uh, pecan-pie-flavored beer and a yam-flavored beer. So uh, check those out and a lot of different stuff, but... Uh, of course, uh, all kinds of delicious food, burgers and nachos, flatbread pizzas, and uh, all kinds of weekly specials. Check out the Sidewinder fries. Those are delicious. And uh, for some live music, you can catch Steve Kyle there on Friday, December 23rd. And uh, they will be open Christmas Eve, 12 to 7, if you want to swing by. I think they're doing some specials. Uh, some some um, deals going on, so swing in there and visit them and tell them Shane sent you. You can find their full concert calendar, beer menu, food menu, and much more at friendshipbrewingcompany.com and hit them up on the socials on Facebook and Instagram. And if you live in the Hannibal, Missouri area, great news. Friendship Brewing Company is coming to you, opening a brand new location in 2023, and uh, you'll, I'll tell you all about it soon. We'll have more information coming soon, but keep your eyes open. Uh, that'll be uh, if you live in the Hannibal, Missouri area. Again, if you need anything from me, you can always find me at rockpaperpodcast.com. Hit me up on the socials. Email me at rockpaperpodcast.com at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And uh, I want to say a big thank you to everybody that's continued to support this show. I mean, whether you've been here a long time or this is your first time, thanks for being here with us. And uh, I just want to wish you all happy holidays and a, a happy new year. I hope uh, this year has been good to you. So thanks for being here with me. And uh, with that out of the way, sit back, relax, and enjoy a brand new episode with Andy Ross. Um, podcast is kind of like a, it's like a radio show that's not on the radio. It's on, it's on the internet. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> that's also like my mom. Uh, it makes it sound more confusing, doesn't it? Uh, it sounds like this. Hey, this is Andy Ross, and you're listening to Rock Paper Podcasts. Rock Paper Podcast. Scissors beat paper, paper covers rock. Rock beats scissors, Shane covers nonstop. Never know what new kind of guests that he's got coming at you. Live and direct on the spot could be rock, folk, 
country of hip-hop jazz All kind of folks that he has Could be an artist or a comedian to make you laugh On the Double-decker fudge round rolling round town Shane coming at you live and direct from ground zero He's your hero, he's your bestie Rock, paper, podcast with Shane Presley Hey everybody, Shane Presley here, Rock Paper Podcast, coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, hanging out via Zoom with Andy Ross. Welcome to the show. Hey man, happy to be here. Thank you for having me on today. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get to know a little more about you. Uh, we literally uh, just met a minute ago, but uh, this was fun about uh, podcasting and the internet. We can link up and uh, get to know a little more about each other and um but uh being that i mean like i, I did uh i was telling you i did a little bit of homework i listened to the music out there and uh and stuff but uh i like to kind of go in and get the story directly from the source and i feel like uh it's always kind of fun to get it hear about you uh firsthand so um but i, I read that uh you grew up in the uh kansas city area a little outside of kansas city yeah, you know, I was born and raised in a small town called Chanute, Kansas, down in the southeast corner of Kansas. And uh, at about 14 years old, moved up to Kansas City and, and lived there and enjoyed that very much until uh, about 14 years ago when I moved here to Nashville. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool that, uh, you know, I'm just on the other side of the on the other side of the state in St. Louis and uh, a little outside of, I'm like about 40 miles west of St. Louis. Um, yeah. So. So cool you know, I, uh, when I fly, I fly to Kansas City often. We still have part of our business there and, and a lot of family, of course, and my kids. So I'm back there a lot. And sometimes when I'm going to when I know I'm going to stay more than two or three days, I like to drive it because I like to have my, my Jeep with me. And and uh, it doesn't take that long. It's an eight hour drive and versus dealing with the hassle of the airport. So both ways I go right through St. Louis, you know, to and from. So uh and I've even had uh, some great uh, uh, some great stops for the night there. Drive halfway and uh, yeah, into some of your St. Louis uh, culture and nightlife, and move on the next day. So I dig yeah, it. Man. Yeah, it was uh, a ton. I listened to some of the music, and um, I noticed uh, in one of the early uh, songs you have out there, uh, "Never Gonna Stop." You there's a line you say, and you mentioned a lot of cities, but you say St. Louis is. St. Louis, they're grooving until uh, they're grooving all night long, and uh, I thought that was fun because, like, uh, it's pretty accurate. Uh, there's yeah, that that's that's fantastic. I and mean, when you say you looked into some of my stuff, you took a deep dive. Oh yeah, if you got, if you got all the way to never gonna stop, parties rolling like the mighty Mississippi. Yeah, from Memphis down to Mardi Gras. It's going down and it's never gonna stop. It's going down and it's never gonna stop. It's going down and it's never gonna stop. Guitars twang in the music city. Brass fills the year down in New Orleans. It's going down and it's never gonna stop. It's going down and it's never gonna stop. Austin streets are filled with hippies. I don't build their rocking like the king. It's going down and it's never gonna stop. It's going down and it's never gonna stop. Come a flood or a hurricane. 
Kings rocking, you know, down on Bill. Well, you know, that's Memphis, right? The Kings Elvis, right? Um, but uh, yeah, we hit the we hit the uh, Chicago and the Gospel City. I mean, we we hit it all in that song. That's that's yeah. great. Congrats! You did a nice deep dive there. Yeah. Well, I used to uh, I used to work at a little bar downtown called uh, Broadway Oyster Bar, and uh, always one of my absolute favorite spots to hang out and watch a show and eat dinner and everything as music and food is amazing down there. But, uh, I worked, uh, we, you know, we were a 3am bar down there. So you're talking about grooving all night. Like we were, yeah. there was a lot of nights I wouldn't get out of there till, uh, you know, four or later. And, and then, uh, so yeah, some, a lot of late nights, uh, hanging out down there work, working. You didn't close till three. The after party wasn't over till five. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, so do you have a, do you have a favorite, uh, spot or anything that you like to hit when you're coming through St. Louis or 
you know, I, I, you know, you got a beautiful downtown area. There's a lot of great bars The food, as you mentioned, is fantastic. Um, you know, I've got, I've got some friends there that have hauled me around. Great, great, great place. No matter who you're a fan of to go to a baseball game, Yeah. yeah. Uh, no matter who your team is. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's one of our country's great, uh, great music cities too. I mean, the history of the music coming out of St. Louis, um, you know, is, is, uh, is, is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, and I, I mean, I've, I've been doing the show for a while and I talked to a lot of my, my friends around town and, um, and that's, uh, that, that's really the gist of it, man. I, I feel like St. Louis right now, I mean, we have a long history, uh, of great talent, but, uh, as far as what's happening today, there's a lot of amazing things happening right now in St. Louis. So I, I like to, I would like to think that, um, uh, we're not far off from, uh, hopefully being considered among the conversation with like a Nashville or a, uh, Austin or something as some of these great music cities. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, the history certainly there with the jazz and the blues and all the, the stuff that was uh, pioneered there. I mean, yeah. it's the gateway to the West for crying out loud. Yeah. Well, let's uh, take me back a little bit. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, a little bit of growing up there, but uh, what, uh, what was it that, brought music into your life was were you uh influenced by your parents records or uh, what was it that uh yeah this is something so, i want to give a shot so I had a, an interesting childhood with music now i'm talking about as a listener uh, before i'm talking about as a player i'm talking mm -hmm. about as a as a three-year-old four-year-old five-year-old six-year-old kid um I have an older brother who's six years older than me. My sister's right at five years older than me. And my father manufactured guitar amps. That was our family business was manufacturing guitar amps. So, so my dad, you know, my mom and dad, they were very into tune with, with the music scene and what was going on. And then the reason I mentioned like having a six year old brother and being, you know, the youngest and that, that many years removed as the youngest is, you know, when I was, when I was, you know, in grade school and my friends were listening to the Partridge family, you know, in my house was Fleetwood Mac and Bob Seger and the Eagles and, and, uh, Hart. And, you know, I mean, I was, they were, we were listening to Almond Brothers. I mean, I was listening to what my parents were listening to and my now teenage brother was listening to, not what my friends were listening to. So, um, you know, I had an early exposure at a young age to, to rock and roll, which now we would call classic rock and roll. So um, I grew up, uh, you know, listening to music, maybe, you know, some years ahead of where most people did my age. And, and uh, you know, I loved it. And I mean, it, it stuck with me forever. And, uh, you know, just just kind of grew from there. I started playing. Uh, I told this story the other day, told it years and years and years and years but you know in school um they have band and you know i thought the guys in band were the band nerds you know i didn't realize they were going to be the cool kids later um and there was these, these free music lessons right but but my mind i mean i'm even going back to middle school you know in my mind i wanted to play rock and roll i wanted to play what i was listening to in my house but I knew if I went out for band that I could, uh, you know, I could learn to play because that's where they taught you how to play music right in school. But I really didn't. I wanted to play guitar. The band teacher let me play guitar. Now moving into into high school, and um, 
I really didn't want to do what he wanted me to do, which was, you know, really be a part of the school band and the fight songs and the songs, you know. And uh, I, I got in trouble a lot in school. I wasn't the best student and I wasn't, you know, a kid that uh, probably should have been a lot more respectful to teachers. And, and uh, you know, I was a little ornery, let's just say that. So my band teacher went to the principal. Now, when you're in high school, you get to take a couple of electives. You can take shop, you can take band, you can take art. And uh, he came to me and he said, look, I've talked to, to, to Mr. Dillman and he's going to let you take band twice, two electives. And what we're going to do is you're going to play band um, and do what I tell you to do in band. And then the second time in the day when you take band, you're going to go into that room over there with a guitar and an amp and headphones. And I'm going to help you um, play some stuff and do some stuff you want to do. And I, Mr. Roberts, uh, you know, I'll never, never forget that. I mean, what a, what a great thing he did for me and what a great thing that the principal did for letting me do it. And I was shocked when I learned, started to learn the stuff I wanted to learn. And I'm like, yeah, but those are the same chords I was playing, you know, in the band stuff. He goes, Andy, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Everything I'm teaching you applies to everything. You know, you got a distorted amp over here and some headphones. Uh, and that chord sounds different than it does when you're playing it over here to the fight song. But it's the same notes, same chords, right. same theory used throughout everything we're doing. And uh, that blew me away. So, uh, again, thank you, Mr. Roberts. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I had a very different uh, band experience. My, my teacher was not, maybe not the best uh, example. So like, I remember uh, it was the same kind of thing with going through the electives and then, and he was like, uh, I, I think I tried out with a uh, coronet at the time. And like, just, I was like, I don't know, I'll give that a try. And then he's basically was <laughs> said something along the lines like, that I'm gonna have to either try really hard or I can go back to gym class. And I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna, I'll go, I'll see you later. And uh, <laughs> sports I, was much I, more of a better route for me at the time. But uh, I do wish I would have stuck with it and learned a little bit more about music. And yeah, well, we had, we even had band in grade school, like in fifth and sixth, maybe it was just sixth or fifth and sixth grade. And uh, I, I started off on saxophone. It was yeah. kind of where I went, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. So ever since then, I've really never been um, one to play music. It's just never, never, never had that that thing calling to tell me to pick up a guitar or do what you know. But uh, I love it though. I'm a, I'm a huge fan and and yeah. uh, appreciator. So I think there's also that part of this. You know, there's got to be people to listen to the music too. So uh, you know, so I kind of feel like maybe that's my calling. My, that's my role is just to do yeah. this and talk about it. Well, we, um, you know, I, I played in high school and I think like a lot of people in high school that could play a little bit, you know, had these big dreams and, um, you know, out of high school, um, I kind of set music aside for quite a while. And as I got into my, my early twenties, I was continuing to follow a passion of mine, which was hunting. I grew up hunting and specifically had a, a big passion for bow hunting when, uh, you know, I got into bow hunting and then you know, one day I thought, you know what, I could, uh, I'd like to make my own bow. And I started making my own bows and started selling some bows and continued to make bows and started selling a reasonable amount of bows. And so I had this little company going and 
one thing that was becoming really popular on TV on the Outdoor Channel was was hunting hunting television, specifically bow hunting TV, because it was all up close, you know. And when the digital camera came out, it really allowed you to take a small amount of equipment into the field and and have someone film. And you know, um, Lee and Tiffany and Ralph and Vicky and Michael Waddell and David Planton and the Jewelry Brothers and the Primos Group and all these great shows were on. And I thought, you know, I would like to get one of these TV personality bow hunter guys to shoot my bow on TV. And I quickly learned that all of these guys that had these popular shows, guys and gals that had these popular shows, um, they already had contracts and commitments with other bow companies, well-established bow companies. So I got a hold of a guy that did some part-time filming for the Drury Brothers, and I took him on five or six hunts, and we edited four of those hunts together and made a DVD. And we put the DVD in the box with the bow. So every time I shipped a bow, it had a DVD in it. And then um, the, the network, uh, the Outdoor Channel, uh, somehow got a hold of the DVD about six, four, five, six months after that and called me up and said, hey, how would you like to have your own show on the Outdoor Channel? So um, I had my own TV show on the Outdoor Channel all of a sudden called Maximum Archery. And I bow hunted the world on outdoor TV for 10 years, you know, literally hunting seven months a year. But it was in about year four when all these X games came out and crazy things kids were doing with skateboards and bicycles and motocross. And then the video games were starting to get really entertaining and real lifelike and uh, a lot of action. And I told my cameraman, I said, look, you know, kids today aren't going to want to tune in and watch me on TV. You know, just going, hey, it's Tuesday. The wind's out of the West. We're in Iowa. You know, it, 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 it doesn't have the action that the other things they're, they're watching and into do. So we changed the name of the TV show from Maximum Archery about year four or five to Maximum Archery World Tour. And I took all the dates, the species, and where I was hunting, and I put them on the back of a T-shirt like an old Van Halen concert shirt or journey concert shirt, you know, with the sold out, you know, like a concert shirt, like, you know, you may remember back <laughs> when those bands were around. Oh yeah. And, and we started filming the, the experience, the travel, the going into bars and playing darts and doing laundries and small towns in between hunting camps and all the trouble we almost got into. And, you know, we just started letting the cameras roll so it became Maximum Archery World Tour. It was a tour of filming a TV show, not a concert tour, but yet a tour. And we treated it like that. So one day I said to myself, you know, I can play a little, you know, and, and I, I assume I can write some songs. We need to write like a theme song for the show. We need an opening song for the show. We need a song for the credits. We need a song going in and out of commercials. We need a song, a campfire song. And I made original music for the show. And I wrote, you know, Blood Trail on a Whitetail, Buck of a Lifetime, Hunt Me Down, Gotta Go Hunting Blues, Fortune of Open Wildlife. And I was writing these hunting songs. And that's when I got back into music. Well, little did I know, smartphones and iTunes and these things were around the corner. And, and uh, once they hit, the music I was making just started going uh, viral. Hmm. And once that happened, I started getting calls like... Uh, from national touring artists, big artists, especially in the country music world, because they were hunters, 
saying, hey, man, we kind of dig what you're doing on the show. And you got some, you know, hey, if you're in Nashville, you know, let's write one. And the next thing I know, I'm starting to write with real songwriters and real musicians. And uh, I wrote uh, a song with the Davison brothers and their producer, who also produced and handled Little Texas and Travis Tritt and Jeff Foxworthy produced the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. His name is Doug Grau. He was their producer. And uh, so I wrote this song with the Davison brothers called Nicky Red. And he said, the, the Davison brothers said, why don't you have Doug produce the song in the studio and just, you know, really record this professionally instead of what you've been doing. Get a, you know, let's get a good re record on it. And I said, well, Doug, why would he record, you know, my, he goes, well, if we ask him to do it, he's a hell of a nice guy. And he's our, you know, he's our producer. So manager, and he'll, he'll do it. So I went in and recorded that. Uh, with Doug Growl in a real Nashville studio. And the song did real well with iTunes, digital formats, file sharing. And uh, he called me up one day, just kind of out of the blue. And a couple of months later and said, you know, for what you guys put together and the way we put it out, it's done really well. Why don't you come back to town? Let me put you with some other writers and let's make a record. And that's how the whole thing started. That's how I got back into music. Um, we recorded uh, You Ain't Seen Crazy Yet, the album. When I say album, it doesn't matter if it's a CD or digital. It's an album of music recorded sure. at one time. Because it's not on vinyl don't mean it's not an album of, yeah. of music. So we recorded Lucky to Be Alive, and we followed it up with Cold Dead Hand, which landed me on Counting Cars, and followed that up with uh, Time to Fight. And now we're recording the fourth album, Lucky to Be Alive. Nice. So, so that's how it went full circle back to yeah. music. It all started you know, when I was little. Well, there was uh, another older one uh, you, on those records that I, I really, uh, really liked and resonated with. And uh, it was, I think it's a great uh, song and a great example of why why I like country music. But uh, you have a song called Heaven Got a Hellraiser. Yeah. And uh, it's just like, this is one of those, uh, like, uh, what I like about, country music is because of the storytelling and so you know obviously you're in three minutes you get an idea uh you know the character of this person and like and everything here in the stories uh to go along with it and you know like so uh i don't know you uh you care if we share that one you want to anything around this song you yeah talk? i'd love to talk about heaven got a hellraiser i, I have to play it uh, not have to i'm blessed to play it almost every show i do and uh it's probably the one song um I won't say probably it is the one song that somebody will come up to us and say, Hey, I just lost my uncle, just lost my father, just lost my brother. Yeah. He really resonates. You know, that song fits him perfectly. Would you please dedicate heaven got a Hellraiser to, you know, to, to uncle Bob. And uh, that's probably, I mean, without question, that's the song that I'm not going to say it's the most requested song, but it's the song that someone always pulls me aside and wants me to dedicate it to someone. Um, it's also the song along with you ain't seen crazy yet out all women and whiskey, but it's, it's one of those two or three songs that causes me to get booked to so many biker rallies, like, you know, like the bullet County bike fest and those types of things, because it, it's definitely appeals. Uh, the biker crowd loves that song. So it's, it's definitely, you know, one in my top 10 uh, list of songs that make the set list. Yeah. Yeah. You say there's a, there's a line in that 
in the second verse with you know the guy rode in on his bike from from california and yeah you know and I, yeah i can i can imagine uh you know yeah. there's other there's other and stuff but also pe- up in the back room and yeah. everybody turned around to see he had a motorcycle jacket and a ponytail he said you all don't know me yeah yeah, yeah. serve james in the jungle back in 72 yep yeah Standing room only at the New Life Baptist Church. I stepped up to the pulpit to say a few words. Said Brother James was a good man. He worked hard and loved his wife. Lord knows he could raise the devil on any given night. I ain't got no doubt about where he is today It ain't a day of mourning It's a time to celebrate Heaven got a hell raising Drinker and a good time chaser I bet angels on harlots Waiting at the pearly gates And if God loves a sinner as a saint Then he's shaking hands with the maker Heaven got a hell raiser today The man stood up in the back row Everybody turned around to see He had a motorcycle jacket and a ponytail He said, y'all don't know me but I served the James in the jungle Back in 72 One drunken night out on R&R We got brothers in arms tattooed More than one occasion That crazy fool saved my life I rode all the way from California Just to say goodbye Heaven got a hell raising Drinker and a good time chaser I bet angels on Harleys Waiting at the pearly gates And if God loves a sinner As much as a saint Then he's shaking hands with the maker Heaven got a hellraiser Hell 
I, uh, so I, I, you know, I grew up with those guys. That's my, my dad, like he's big, uh, uh, had a Harley for a long time. And then, uh, we, he's, uh, he's got himself a big dog chopper stretched out now. And he's, uh, oh, big he, dog. That's yeah. Cool. And he's, uh, but you know, he, he had the long hair, the, you know, the, the jackets and stuff. So these are all like, I know exactly these guys that you're, you know, singing about in these songs. So, um, so anyway, that's what that's where I connected to it. You know, it's just uh, yeah. it's a piece of my life too. Yeah, it's it's a cool song. Uh, but uh, you uh, you you said you're working on a brand new record, and uh, we uh, have I guess the uh, current single, and uh, you were pushed out a little while back uh, called "All American Heart," and you have a uh, uh, music video on YouTube to go with it, and and yeah. uh, so let's uh. Let's t- tell me about the new record. What's uh what's going on with this and uh in All American Heart? Well, All American Heart, um, I want to be I want to be clear when I set this song up. Nobody deserves more pats on the back and thank yous than the men and women of our armed forces and our first responders. So let's just make that clear. No, there's no higher praise than for those groups of people that fight for our freedom every day and make this great country what it is and allow us to do the things that we do like this podcast and make music and cook out on Saturdays and, yeah. and God knows whatever else we do. Right. Um, so with that being said, I also, I wanted to write a song that that aside, you know, there's so many uh, unsung heroes in this country. You know, what what if the what if the people who pick up your trash every week didn't? What if the farmers didn't farm? What if, you know, there's so many the school teachers didn't teach? You know, there's so many other the, the people that are on the next tier, you know, that deserve a thank you and and uh, a high five and a and a job well done. And I wanted to write a song that pulled on the heartstrings of America that gave you know, red-blooded, hard-working, patriotic, hard-working people, a, a shout out. And mm-hmm. that's where we came up, when I came up with the idea to write All American Heart. Um, and uh, I think, I think we nailed it. on the night shift, drummer on a drum kit, ain't a red, white, and blue, doing their thing, playing their part, living the dream, with an all-American heart. Big rig burning up the asphalt. Preachers under them stars and stripes Doing their thing 
So here's to everybody Putting it all on the line From state to state Pulling their weight Coming through every time Yeah, doing their thing Playing their part Living the dream Right from the start With an Yeah, this is a fun song, and uh, I like seeing the, uh, the in the video you uh, playing live with the band. You got a big crowd there, and looks like a fun, fun time there at the. Uh, was that uh, down in Nashville, or did you uh, where did you film all that at? You know that video. Um, we've got a couple other songs that are coming in the spring off the record that we're putting some bigger production behind. Um we wanted to get something out sure. and that was the first thing we did to get it off the record, to get it out while we finished the record. And we had the idea to do a video shoot. Um, but I had a bunch of family in town for a wedding. And, you know, when you live in Nashville, you don't necessarily hang out. I mean, you go there, but you don't hang out, you know, eight nights a week down on Broadway. Yeah. But when you're in town as a tourist, or in town visiting and you've not been here, there's no doubt it's the tourist hotspot place to be. It's where I would take anyone coming to town uh, that hadn't been here. I would, you know, make sure we spent a lot of time down on Lower Broad where all the bars are. So I have all this family and friends in town for this wedding. And uh, they're at Kid Rocks down there. And uh, I, I go down to hang out with them. And John Stone, that's not even my band in the video. That's John Stone, who plays uh, regularly at Kid Rocks, one of the Nashville's best. And uh, he makes some comment about Andy Ross being in the house. And uh, his son comes up to me and says, uh, you could, you know, dad wants is, you know, John's up there playing. But his son comes around and says, dad wants to know if you'd get up and, and play with the band. And uh, if if you want to do your new single, they, they know it well enough to, I mean, they, they know it. I mean, they've yeah. heard it and they've kind of ran through it and they, they know it. Um, and they'll follow you, you know, they're going to hand you a guitar. So they're going to, uh, you know, you can kind of lead it around and, uh, get up and play. So what that video is and that crowd is, is on the kid rocks in Nashville on lower yeah. broad in with John stone and, uh, his band. And, uh, that's a bunch of uh, my family's footage off their cell phones. Right. And we got all that footage and we started editing it together. And we thought, this is a pretty cool video because it looks very impromptu. You know, it doesn't look like we set up to film a professional video. It looks like something that just spontaneously happened. So that's how that happened. But that was Kid Rock's uh, great, 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 great uh, bar as there are so many down on Lower Broad, um, great music. It was great, you know, great to have family there. 
it was a lot of fun yeah very cool yeah it looked like a good party it looked like it was, you guys were having a good time so uh when uh when can we uh expect more are you is the uh, record getting close to uh release or is this is this uh maybe spring or summer or something what are you thinking yeah so you know the music business has changed a lot they used to finish a record and then they would start cutting singles off of it now as you're actually recording the record they call it the waterfall approach because of everything's digital and streaming you don't you don't have to finish the record to kick a couple singles off of it while you're in the making process of the album. Right. So, uh, so we got all American heart off of it to get something out before the end of the year and out plenty of time before the holidays, because now the holidays seasons hit and they, every year they re-release, uh, re-release my Christmas song called make Christmas great again. Um, so now that's kind of what's trending for me. And then the first of the year, probably not January, but February, we'll get another single off of it. And then as we go into spring, summer, we'll, we'll kick another single off of it. But the album will be probably, you know, complete, probably, we're probably still six months away from, from completing it. And it's not because where the album is, we need six months. It's just, we're on some, you know, we had a tour schedule and now we've hit winter and we're not on a tour schedule, but because of the business we've built around the music, um, we have a completely different trade show schedule, presentations. I mean, I leave for New York Saturday for better part of a week. And we're just, we're just not here enough to just say, Hey, let's just take three weeks and finish this thing. Um, These three or four weeks we need to finish the record are going to be, you know, a week here, week here, week there. And then the thing's got to get completed, mixed and made, you know, and mastered. So, and that takes some time. So we're looking at four to six months. Yeah. Right on uh well very cool uh you mentioning uh your your christmas tune uh make christmas great again uh now available on all your uh digital platforms and you got a, a nice little lyric video to go with that also on uh yeah. the socials and uh youtube and um but yeah let's get let's talk about this one being you know, a pretty uh appro- timely appropriate uh for the holiday coming up and uh but uh i don't know it's, uh, uh this was fun for me to listen back to because again this is uh kind of paints a picture of uh took me back to uh growing up as you know as the young kid uh christmas is way different than for me when than today uh, like and especially like uh you know the the holiday itself but like spending my time with my grandparents and things we uh, we used to do, I think there's, you know, there's a line in there, you reference to it, but like, uh, um, about singing, uh, I forget, I forget, uh, what song you say, but, uh, but we, we used to do a lot of that with like, uh, we'd all, all my, my grandparents, all my cousins, and we'd all sit around and we'd sing hymns and stuff, you know, like all the, uh, classics and, and things. And, uh, it was just, uh, you know, those are a lot of great memories, uh, of those, those times, those years and stuff. And so, um. And now my we, family, uh, my family, we, we so much that we are all like separated. That's the thing that stinks about it. Now we all my all my aunts and uncles are like great grand or grandparents or great grandparents now. So all their current kids and grandkids and all. Uh, so everybody's like we're not all under the same roof anymore. It's hard to get us all together. So as people grow up and get married too, right? Then they've got mm-hmm. spouses' families to go to. Oh, we're gonna go to you know to 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 Jill's family side this year or what yeah. have you. But, 
you know, the song was written, um, you know, Christmas has just been so commercialized of the true meaning of Christmas. And, and uh, you know, uh, there's so many great lyrics in that song, um, you know, but talking about homemade gifts and the way the house would smell and family, you know, versus Black Friday brawls. And, and uh, you know, people people are afraid to say Merry Christmas because they might offend somebody. Mm -hmm. And, you know. I want to see the main scene on the courthouse lawn. I don't care who it might offend. Dear Santa, make yeah. Christmas great again, you know? Christmas 
So it talks about the true meaning of Christmas and not just not just the true meanings from a from a from a Bible or Christian standpoint, but also just like you said, what it meant for family to be together. It wasn't so much about the gift, who gets what, and and uh, people were together and, and Christmas caroling and and just you know really enjoying family and you know family right the meaning of Christmas and then family and then the food. And then, oh, oh yeah. by the way, there's a couple of presents under the tree. You know, that's that's how it went. Not, you know, not about the checklist of gifts. Um, you know, let me get you something off Amazon and I'll uh, zoom you and say, you know, happy holidays to you. I mean, the whole thing is just kind of kind of gotten out of out of hand, in my opinion. And I just wanted I just wanted to pull it back, even if it was only for three minutes and 13 seconds on a, on a little record. Yeah. What uh, do you have a uh, particular um, favorite Christmas memory for yourself as or a uh, tradition that you like to do with with your family or is there anything like that come to mind? Yeah, you know, we of course, the, the traditions and memories, as you said, as a kid are completely different because you were the kid and the grandparents and maybe aunts and uncles all spent it together, and you know, parents and everything. So now as, as an adult, um, you know, you have your own. Uh, you know, your own things that you do with the kids. And one of the things that uh, me and, and uh, you know, Chloe Gracie and Colin Carson like to do is uh, every morning, you know, when I have Christmas morning, we have matching Christmas PJs. Oh, yeah. And then we, we do our, you know, our morning thing, a morning, like a Christmas breakfast. And, you know, we have some presents and do that kind of thing. Then we always go to a movie and we go to the movie in the Christmas PJs. So, you know, we've all got our still our Christmas jammies on. We're sitting there at the movie theater with popcorn and milk duds and junior mints and Twizzlers. Um, then we usually, you know, get back to I have a place in Kansas City as, as well as my where I live here in Nashville. We'd get back there and, you know, then we would start, um, you know, the tradition, too, I want to say with adult kids is different than with young kids. You know, my kids are, are grown up and, you know, 21 and 23 and 25. Uh, I've got one still 19. He's not you know, quite 21, but mm. you know, you might handle uh, Christmas with them might look a little different. The eggnog might be a little different. Let's just say <laughs> sure. maybe it was when they were six or seven. So you might have a, you know, you might have a cocktail or two and you start the Christmas day. I love the Christmas day parade. Uh, the Thanksgiving day parade is a big tradition. We always watch the Thanksgiving day parade, the Macy's parade. So we, 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 you know, do that. And then we, we get on into our Christmas dinner and, and our mm-hmm. night usually break out the board games and, you know, that kind of thing. And then, you know, 1030, we're eating leftovers and, and, uh, <laughs> just having a great day. Yeah. yeah. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, yeah, I, uh, I know, uh, you said something about, uh, the, the bow hunting and all that in the, it started the song music and that all led into uh you on counting cars and uh i thought that was a, a super interesting part of your story uh i've been a big fan of that show for a long time and uh, uh danny and the crew they all seem like the coolest and uh i really love uh you know the way they do that show and the way they, they reveal and like you know he's always got such a storytelling put into creating those cars and everything and, and, uh, the emotion that comes with it all also. And, but, uh, yeah, you got to, uh, build a car, uh, Danny helped build a 
Second Amendment Corvette for you? And you want to share yeah, a little Danny, bit of that story? You know, Danny, uh, you know, Danny's just cool. You know, yeah. Danny's cool as, as it gets. And he's the same guy off camera. That's not always the case. More often than not, it's not. But Danny's the same cool guy off camera as he is on camera. Danny's also an unbelievable musician and uh, has a band and tours. Um, he owns a club in, in Vegas as well called Vamped. He owns a, a tattoo parlor that I've visited a handful of times. Um, obviously, counts customs and you know his car show and everything's out of there. But Danny is really, uh, really a genuine, you see what you get, 24-7 cool guy. And uh, we had a lot of fun, you know, making the show. We, were to, we, we spent a lot more time together than just what you saw on TV. We talked about the show when I was out in Vegas, what it would be. And, of course, we filmed it, and then we filmed a reveal. Uh, we, we, you know, we hung out at Vamped a little bit. I've been to a couple of his shows. We've played some music together. Um, stayed in touch. And, uh, you know, he's in such demand for appearances and, and things these days. He's just enjoying some really hard work, well-earned success. And uh, one of one of the highlights of my uh, career, too, is, is getting to and getting to hang out with Danny and have that car built. You know, at, at, our, at our, our company now, you know, we we take that car to all the trade shows and it's become the Batmobile of the Second Amendment. It's probably mm -hmm. the most photographed item at a trade show um at, at any show and people are lined up to take pictures with it i'm thankful and blessed a lot of times they want me in the picture uh with them and uh it's a full-time job at the trade show taking pictures with people in the in the corvette so um here it is you know a handful of years later since they made it i probably don't have 300 miles on it i never drive it because we want to keep it showroom uh quality you know together so we can put it in the booth and show it off. Um, so to keep it from having any wear and tear and scratches and, you know, I just, I just don't drive it. But one of these days I keep saying, you know, we're going to retire it from the trade show circuit and I'm going to start driving it, you know, a little bit in the summer. So it's a lot of fun to drive. It was a lot of fun to be on the show and uh, they still run reruns. And every time they run reruns, my, my phone blows up, my social media blows up. Um, so, I'll, so a handful of years later, it's still a very popular episode. Yeah, very cool. <clears throat> that, um, and I guess uh, you you you're talking about the trade shows. That's uh, with uh, American Rebel, your your company, and the. So, yeah, we had a had a song and off the Time to Fight record in 2015 called American Rebel, and through file sharing, iTunes, those types of things, it did really well and kind of went viral there as a patriotic anthem. And we decided in 2015, we'd build a brand around. And we started making products. Our first product offering was concealed carry products, uh, uh, allowing people to be concealed and safe if they decided that they wanted to carry a firearm outside of the house. We developed a, a proprietary protection pocket for our coats, backpacks, and jackets. Um, we got into handgun boxes, and then we got into full-size safes, um, which is our flagship product at the moment. Um, but we are introducing in January our two-way lockers, um, our American Rebel electric bikes, which we're very excited about, and kind of rounding out the line with some more product offerings. Um, I, I have to say here, but you know, it, it's it's been uh, a long process. You know, 2015, we've been working on it six, seven years, uh, seven, you know, going on eight, 
And uh, but as of February of this year, we are now a publicly traded company on NASDAQ. So uh, went from uh, bow hunter TV to playing music to having a song that inspired our brand and now the CEO of a publicly traded company. So it's yeah. uh, it's all been a it's all been a nice, uh, you know, one blessing after another keeps uh, coming our way and keeps this machine going. And and I'm really looking forward to what's next. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I don't know. It's really cool to hear the story because like that is just, you know, it seems all very uh, organic, you know, like you, you started with as a passion as a, as a hunter and as the, doing the TV show started making music, you know, music led to the being a founder and CEO of the company and everything, you know, just like just snowballs uh, from there, you know, it just keeps growing. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow on Thursday, I'll be in the recording studio working on the title track from the record, lucky to be alive. And, uh, you know, rocking the best I can. And on uh, Monday morning, I'll be doing a uh, investor conference in, uh, in New York. So we'll go from <laughs> one extreme to the other. Right. I get, I mean, I imagine all that like helps keep it all fresh, you know, the being that you are juggling a lot of different things, like, uh, it never gets boring doing any of it. Cause it's always, uh, every day is going to be a different, something a little different, right? Yeah. And you know, the thing that's really, that's really great about the whole brand is like, I don't have to act any different when I'm rocking on stage and being the musician artist guy that I have to be when I'm the CEO of American rebel, because the brand was formed from the music. Right. It, I'm the same guy. I don't have to be, you know, even though I'm playing two different roles from musician to businessman, um, I'm still, I only have to be one person. And in fact, if I try to be too business minded and oriented and present myself to, uh, too official and too, you know, businessman like the, the people I do business with don't like it. They, they just want, they want the same guy. Sure. And you know, they just, I mean, I, I've shown up to meetings, you know, in, in sleeveless t-shirts and, and, you know, I mean, I, they just, they want me to, that's what they're buying into. That's, that's the, that's the organicness and uniqueness of the brand right. is that the CEO of American rebel is an American rebel chasing the American dream. So I get to just be myself, I guess is what I'm saying, which makes it easy to do any of the responsibilities that I have. Yeah. What, uh, so I was thinking about that, like, you know, obviously, uh, like it, the fact that it is, uh, been changing and evolving all the time. But, uh, when you, when you were like, uh, that kid in school and, you know, you got to put down, uh, what you wanted to be when you grow up, uh, what, what were what did you think you were wanting to go route you were going to go? Yeah. Um, I'd have to think back to that. I did take a class called career. Yeah. Um, and I wrote a report and I wrote a report on being a farmer. Yeah. I you did. Um, I, I, uh, you know, they, if you didn't have your mind made up and I mean, it was almost middle school. I went to see even high school. And, you know, you, they had all the different categories and job titles and you could kind of go through this book and 
I don't know, I've, I've, I've been out in the country and I thought, wow, I'd have my own land, I'd have my own hunting land and I'd get to work with animals. And, and uh, you know, when I, so I guess when I was 13 years old, um, I wrote a report on being a farmer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just interesting how, you know, the different uh, forks in the road that lead us to where yeah. we are today and stuff. And it, it, Even when I started making bows and I was hunting, we had a little land in Kansas, but we had friends and family that had big farms. Big farms mean big plots of hunting land, uh, typically, you know. And uh, even when I was doing the show and we would go hunt with outfitters, I would, you know, I would think to myself, I'd be in Buffalo, not Buffalo, uh, yeah, Buffalo County uh, in Wisconsin deer hunting and this outfitter's got all this land. I mean, I don't know thousands of acres of land in this prime hunting place for whitetail, but how they got the land was generations and generations of farmers. And he just happened to be the next in line and they still farmed the land, but as a uh, additional revenue source, they took so many hunters, they had all this land and deer population. So they would take so many hunters uh, every hunting season for archery only. They didn't do rifle, but archery. Um, but I remember thinking, wow, that, you know, I'd love to own a place like this for the hunting value of it, but how they didn't, they didn't get it. You know, they didn't, that wasn't how they got it. They got it from great, great grandpa or great grandpa working the land and farming and continuing to farm it and hang it, you know, passing it down through generations. So even then I was, you know, really thinking how, how cool it was to have a lot of land and farm that land. And I have no idea, remind you, I have no idea what the business model really looks like for being a farmer. And I'm, I'm sure it is so tough in so many ways that I can't even right. think about, but uh, I just remember that'd be cool to be outside and work in your land. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh all right. Well, uh, so you you've got to do uh, a lot of neat stuff. Uh, work with some some cool people. Uh, you mentioned uh, through the music and TV and everything. And uh, what about? Uh, I was thinking like, what would be like a dream? Uh, you know, maybe duet for music or collaboration. You would like to see whether you know whether it's uh, music or your business side. Uh, is there uh, is there a certain somebody still out there that you'd love to work with? Yeah, I, um, you know, musically, I, I get to write with a lot of uh, really cool people. I've gotten to write with Lee Bryce, and I write a lot with Porter Howell, Little Texas fame, you know, God bless Texas, Amy's back in Austin, kick a little what might have been. Uh, I get to write with John McElroy, Mark Sutton from Brother Trouble, Chris Davison from the Davison Brothers. And, and I could write with other writers, but when you find someone who will co-write with you and they'll, you know, when people co-write with me, you know, they're co-writing with me to write an Andy Ross song that fits what I do. We're not, I'm not a songwriter who's just co-writing and trying to write these songs and then chop them to get cut. I'm writing for a specific reason right. with a specific idea that fit me and my brand. And I've got a lot of great, talented co-writers that help me do that. And they know what the purpose is of the song and where it's going to, where it's going to end up, which is my record. Um, not a lot of guys, you know, are willing to, to do that. Um, and I'm, and I'm, you know, thankful that I have the writers to work with that I do business wise. I'll just say that when people today look at American rebel, 
because we are doing so well in the safe business and we're so big in the safe business, people look at American Rebel right now and think we're a safe company. And we are a safe company. We, you know, it's it's our flagship product right now. But as I mentioned, we've got a lot of other products we're introducing. And the goal for American Rebel, the big picture, what are we looking forward to? The goal for American Rebel has always been to be America's patriotic brand. Someday I want to see American Rebel beer, American Rebel motor oil, American Rebel tools, American Rebel horse tack. And, you know, we won't design it and build it all. We'll, we'll design and put some of it out. We'll do acquisitions, but we'll also do licensing. And to sum it up, I want Susie to go up to mom and say, mom, what's dad want for Father's Day? And she says, honey, he wants anything with American Rebel on it. Right. You know, American Rebel beef jerky, America, America's protein pack. Um, we're building America's patriotic brand, not in one, just in one segment. So that that's what I'm out doing. That's what I'm out talking about. We want to make everything, if not everything, as much as humanly possible here in the United States. We want to employ as many people here in the United States. We want like-minded, you know, Constitution-loving, Second Amendment loving <laughs> It's the, you know, the like-minded people that we have as our customer base. And, uh, you know, we're just working at it every day. And if my music fits in and can help promote the brand and I'm blessed to get out there and play, you know, while building the company, um, you know, to me, I don't know that it gets any better than that. Yeah. Say, uh, say the day comes along, American Rebel puts out a, uh, an Andy Ross action figure. What do you, what would you like to see maybe as like the, the three accessories to go with your, your action figure? What would you, uh, how would you set it up if you could? <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's, let's go with uh we'll, we'll leave, we'll, we'll leave the pretty girl aside. We'll just, that's a given. That won't be one of the three accessories because that's a person, right. uh, but we'll go with a badass hot rod, a, uh, uh, a really nice gun and a Bible. There you go. Do you, do you have a, is there, as far as that gun and hot rod, do you have a, what do you have a gun of choice? Like, uh, is there, what do you like to, do you have a personal favorite? Yeah. You know, the, 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 um, you got categories, right? You've got handguns right. and then you've got, uh, you know, you've got carvings, you've got rifle, you got all kinds of different, you know, what's your favorite rifle, your different favorite handgun and so on. Uh, but to get to the, I think the, the, if I had to just pick what's my favorite gun that I own, um, I love my shotguns. Yeah. Um, although I grew up, although my popularity was in bow hunting and my show was exclusively bow hunting, my first love that never, I get, I never get tired of is, you know, my over and unders and working with my dog and, and quail and pheasant duck and you know and it's not even about you know shooting something to put on the wall or tagging out or you know it's just about being out in the woods it's train i like to train my own dog um i like to shoot my shotguns i like to shoot you know clay pigeons and you know so i guess if i had my favorite gun if you walked over there you know 40 feet or so to my safe and said i'm taking every gun out of here but one um, you know, I've, I've probably got a favorite, you know, over under shotgun sure. yeah. for sentimental reasons and time spent with and all the other, uh, all the above. 
Yeah. Now for protection, I've got I've got a kind of a shorter barrel, legal but shorter barrel, uh, twelve gauge, uh, more of an attack shotgun pump. You know, and nothing. I don't care what you've got in the house. Nothing will make somebody flee your house faster than hearing clink clink. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, shotguns are great for home protection too because you can hit stuff with them. Yeah. <clears throat> um yeah i uh i got a my cousin's real big into uh and like uh doing a lot he used to do a lot of bow hunting doing a lot it does like a lot of duck hunting stuff and like uh but um yeah i don't know he he's uh he's real big into that world and he was i know he was like doing some stuff i don't know i don't know if he ever got like it got anywhere but he was i think he was trying to get to the tv show level kind of thing or work with some people like that and but uh i don't know hopefully uh but it's just it's cool to hear your story and for maybe somebody like him like you know it's your passionate about it you put yourself out there and things can happen to you know you yeah. so uh there's opportunities out there for somebody to start their own show and involve it into a business and everything else so you you sure can if you can uh you know, follow your passions and work hard and be as honest as you can and forthright as you can. Uh, it takes a team. You can't do it by yourself. It takes a team. And um, if you're going to be the leader of the team, you know, you have to lead. And, you know, there's not a quarterback out there in the NFL that can win the game by himself. You know, you've got to have receivers, for instance, but receivers are going to run harder if they believe you can get them the ball. The guys who are doing the blocking and tackling they're going to play harder and 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 get tougher and, and meaner and do a better job blocking and tackling if they believe you can get the ball down the field and move the chains and running i mean every position of the, of the team um works harder plays harder if they have confidence in the in, in the leader so you got to lead and you got to lead by example speed of the leader speed of the follower and um you know you just gotta they gotta trust you and you gotta do right by them and i've there's no I'm always the front guy on the mic with the microphone. You know, when I'm singing, I was the guy on TV that got to, you know, that, that was on film. Um, but none of that I could have done. I couldn't have done the bow hunting show without some great sponsors, without my main man, Mike, running camera and great editor, made us look fantastic, worked, you know, extra hard to find the, the, the little gold nugget clips and, uh, and you know, worked work, work really hard to make a good show. And certainly over here at American Rebel, you know, Doug Grau, who was my producer and manager, is the president of American Rebel, does all the blocking and tackling. He does all the filings, all the cues, all the, you know, all the uh, evaluations and things we have to do to, to stay and be public and reporting and, you know, all the stuff that's not glamorous, but very important and hard work and behind the scenes. Uh, you got to be really thankful for those those people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, uh, you know, I, I don't have a, anything uh, to that level, but, you know, I definitely have a bunch of great friends that uh, support yep. this show and everything else and like, you know, do those things. And, uh, you know, it means the world to somebody getting started in the business at all. Like, you know, they're having those people that believe in you and want to and do those things to uh, make you, you know, achieve the, the great things that you uh, you always dreamed you could. So. Somebody will just take the time to call you up and say, Hey man, I listened to the podcast the other day. Great yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, it means the world keeps yeah. you going. Oh yeah. 
Uh, well, Andy, this has been uh, super cool. I'm really uh, glad we got to spend some time together today. Uh, again, you can find uh, all things Andy Ross at uh, andyross.com and uh, the socials, the uh, music's out there. Uh, we'll have a new record coming soon. And uh, But uh, yeah, really, this has been a, a, a fun day, man. I'm really glad we got to do this. Great. Well, thank you. Everything American Rebels at AmericanRebel.com. Our stock symbol is A-R-E-B, and all my socials are at Andy Ross Rebel. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, hopefully uh, we'll catch you in St. Louis sometime, maybe on a tour. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll get you on the road uh, soon and playing some music again and everything else. And Fantastic. Be, be fun to catch you up in person. We'll have, a, we'll have a nice tour schedule this spring and summer, I'm sure. St. Louis or surrounding area will be on the uh, on the path, and I hope to I hope you come out. Let us know. Get a hold of uh, Anna at uh, Burning Ground, and we'll make sure we have a good time. Yeah, cool, man. Well, thank you, Andy. And, thank you. Uh, you have a great day. Thanks, man. All right, appreciate it, buddy.